Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Today's story is called Kadia and the Bible. Oh, we have seen a lot of positive results, life-changing results with the students and some of our friends out there. But one particular story that I will always like to tell is a story of, about a young lady in our school. She is called Kadia Kone. Her father went to the school, by then I was the school director. And he asked about our school and he said he wanted to enroll his daughter into our school. So I gave him the agreement and he read it. And in the agreement, we said that Bible is a must. All students from grade one all the way to high school, they are supposed to do Bible studies for about 45 minutes every day. And so or he read it and he said, no problem. I agree. And he signed. And so he brought his daughter to the school and all modalities were taken care of. Well, when school opens, this girl was telling her friends, you know, I didn't come here to study the Bible. I'm a Muslim. I will never touch the Bible. And she kept doing this and I was their Bible teacher too. And each time I go to their class for Bible studies, she will walk out and pretend as if she's going to use the bathroom or go and do something. Well, at the end of the week, if I give a test, an evaluation, she will pass. And this thing kept bothering me. I kept asking her friends. But Kadia doesn't sit in my class. Ever since we started, she's not sitting in the Bible class. How could she pass Bible? Are you people writing her test for her? They said, no, she's always there when we are taking tests. And so it kept bothering me. I kept asking myself and praying about it. And so one day I walked out of the office and I was standing under the mango tree and looking who is coming into the office and going out. And guess who I saw going into the office? Kadia Kone. She walked into the office, she took a Bible and put it in her bag. And then she was looking for uh, Bible story books, a story about David, Ruth, and other patriots and prophets. We had bought some of these Bible stories from Alliance Biblique. And so what happened, Kadia wanted to take the second Bible story into her bag. And then I walked in on her in the office. She was a little bit nervous and afraid because she didn't want anyone to see her taking Bible home. And I said, Kadia, what do you have in your hand? What are you doing in my office? And she said, oh, no, I was just looking at these pictures here in this book. I said, well, you know, that book there is Bible stories. And she said, yeah, but the pictures are nice. I said, Kadia, what's going on? In fact, I want to ask you this question. How come do you pass my Bible test? And she smiled at me and I said, no, Kadia, sit down. Tell me. And do you want this Bible story? Are you trying to take it home? She said, okay, Uncle Fred. Yeah, I want this Bible story. And in fact, I took one of your Bibles from the office and it's in my bag. I don't ask me what I'm going to do. I said, well, I'm interested. Why do you want to take the Bible home? Aren't you the one that has been telling her friends that you will not touch the Bible and you didn't come here for Bible studies? Why are you taking Bibles to your house? And then she responded by saying, well, Uncle Fred, I've been passing your Bible classes because I will ask my friends the topic, the chapter, and the lessons that you draw from the Bible stories. And I will go home and read the story myself and try to come up with something. I said, but do your father know that you're doing this? She said, no, I will take the Bible and go into our bathroom and sit there and read. Or if the house is crowded, I will find some place quiet and I will go there and read. I said, hmm, okay, well, don't sneak into the office anymore and take a Bible. Just tell me what Bible story book you want and if you're going to take a Bible. 
And so since that day, I, my question was answered. You know, how did Kadia get to pass the Bible? Well, God's wonders and God's miracle did not stop there. God continued to walk in Kadia's life as she continued to read the Bible in secret. One of the things that happened, Kadia never prays during devotion. And this thing continued about six months. One day, they were having devotion. And we always have a 15 minutes devotion before the kids can go to class. And during devotion, the school principal asked, by then I was not the school director anymore. The school director asked, who would like to pray? It was Kadia that raised her hand up and she prayed in Jesus' name. That was one thing that touches my heart and that tells me that God is at work and He is always ahead of us. And today, Kadia is one of our best students and uh, her father came one day to school and he testified that whatever we're doing to Kadia, let us keep it up because the life of her daughter is changing and she's seen ever since Kadia has been attending our school, she has changed a lot and he is very pleased about that. I am Frederick Koka, AFM missionary to the Susu people in Guinea, West Africa. It all started with a sermon. It was titled, The Value of Our Relationship Before God. In this sermon, the pastor was trying to encourage young people who had never been officially wed to consider marriage as a holy institution and let them know how much God honored and valued it. He encourages those in prohibited relationships to come forward and legitimize their relationship before God. My wife and I saw ourselves in the sermon and we felt impressed by it. Most marriages in West Africa are not solemnized before God. It is done at traditional level without anything that strongly binds the couple. This was our situation. We went home that day feeling very guilty. We looked around and we talked about it and we decided that we should do what is right before God. But there was one big problem, finance. We asked ourselves, where are we going to get the money from? I wanted to put a challenge before God, but I did not. Instead, I told God, let my wife come up with something. Then I will go along with it. As we knelt down to pray, she started with a challenge. God, she said, if you will provide for us to have a church wedding, we will go from door to door and talk about your love and mercy for mankind to whoever will listen. Three days after this vow, a friend of my wife from the church came to our house. Her first point in the conversation was about the sermon the pastor had preached. And she said, I think we should plan your wedding this week. Then she continued to say, don't worry, I know you guys don't have the means, but I am going to talk to some church members to help. Well, she did. Everything worked out well. We had a beautiful church wedding. That was done. God kept his end of the bargain. Now it was our turn to fulfill our vow. He was working on many fronts, helping us to fulfill our vow to him. He gave us two opportunities. One was with the Wildwood Lifestyle Centers, and the other was with Mark and Kathy Coleman of the Adventist Frontier Missions. After fervent prayers and careful consideration, we felt called to the Susu Project by God because it met the specification of our vow. With all these happenings, we believe that God wants us in the mission field as long as we are alive because our vow has no limited time. 
We had the privilege of meeting with Pastor Coleman and his family when they came to Guinea as missionaries with the Adventist Frontier Missions in 2000. We became friends. He even officiated our wedding. Two years later, we accepted an invitation to work with them as local missionaries. In 2010, Pastor Coleman was called to be the African Field Director for the Adventist Frontier Missions, leaving the project in my care. We were then called by the Adventist Frontier Missions to take over the SUSU project. So this summer, we had the opportunity to travel to the United States for training as career missionaries and do fundraising to complete the project in Guinea. Worldview evangelism, education, health, and health ministry are our main tools to reach the Susu people of Guinea. Presently, we are running a school from K through 13. It is the only Adventist school in the country. Bible classes are given from elementary to high school level. It is one of the requirements for students to pass to a new class. Over the years, we have seen God at work in the lives of the Susu and their children as we minister to them through prayers, health ministry, and education. With these ministries, we have the privilege of having rich theological and cultural discussions with many Susu adults and children who have never before considered the witness of Jesus or even touched the Bible. The school is presently in a rented building and the number of students doubles almost every year. A campus for the school is under construction. We are also in the process of developing spiritual materials for Bible studies and a program for leadership training for the church and the school. Here is the list of things we are praying to accomplish when we go back to Guinea. We plan to develop Bible study materials that challenges the cultural beliefs of the Susu. We also want to train new believers to reach their own people group. We will train believers into leadership and then integrate the church into the local Adventist mission. We want this movement to continue even when we say the work is done. We also have plans for the school. We want the school to be autonomy. Basically, the school is run by the donations given here and there. It's really depending on the Adventist Frontier Missions. We are also trying to train teachers in the light of Adventist education. You know, the church is so small in Guinea that most of the teachers there are newly baptized Seventh-day Adventists and some of them have not even touched the book education. So we're trying to get the materials together so that we can give them some training. We are also building, as I said, a campus that will meet the ever-growing number of students each year. We also have in plan to develop the Belan Dakis Scholar BDIS exam for students who are having Sabbath problems. You know, most of the students uh, that attend in our church, they always have problems with the national exams. In Guinea, most national exams are conducted on Sabbath. And how could these kids actually continue to be faithful to God and have good education? If you don't have that basic education, you won't have opportunity to go to university. And so this exam was first developed by Pastor Coleman and we tried it and a young lady took this test and she passed and we took all her questions and everything about the exam to the Ministry of Education and the government with all amazement endorsed it and certified it. As I am talking, this young lady is now teaching in our school and at the same time trying to have university education. And then at the end of it all, the school and the church will be handed over to the mission. Well, we have a couple of challenges, but we have seen in these challenges how much God stands by his promises. You know, when he beats his disciples, Jesus said, Lo, I will be with you always. 
and that has been proven uh, very positive with us. And there are times also when corrupt government officials will come and ask us for house taxes, but we will just pray in our heart and leave everything to God. And one day uh, they came and I called my landlady and she came and she said, leave these people alone. They are here. They are not doing business, but they are working for God. You guys have to have the fear of God. And that I believe was God's intervention. There was also a story about one young man who climbed one of the missionaries' courtyard and they break into the house, stole computers and cameras. And by God's grace, we were able to find the stolen properties. And this young man ran off and he went to see one Karamoko uh, and they gave him something to tie and they told him that thing will make him invincible. And so he was walking around town and he thought he was invincible. We cannot see him, but other people can see him, but only us, the missionaries, cannot see him. And so one day he was in the bus station trying to take a taxi to go to the city. And one of our missionary colleagues met him there and said, my friend, you're under arrest because the police had told us whenever we see him, we should arrest him. And he was like, can you see me? He said, I can see you. He said, man, two days later, he came to me and we just arrested him and we decided, oh, we have the stolen properties. Let's let him go. And so two days later, he came to my house and he was confessing to me. And he said, you know, your God is so powerful. He said, I never thought you guys would be able to see me. I did something for me to become invisible. But here I am. You caught me and you didn't do anything to me. You forgive me. Really, your God is powerful. You know, those are the few challenges that we have. But throughout all this, we have seen God's hands and, you know, a thief glorifying God's name, how powerful God is. And we're not discouraged with these challenges. We believe that God is always with us and we're going to move forward with God's work when we go back. If you want to support the SUSU project, you can make your donation to AFM PO Box 286 Barron Springs, Michigan 49103. Or you can call 1-800-937-4236 or visit afmonline.org. Please mark your donation, Susu Project or The Cookers. Thank you for making the outreach possible.